episode of Film Underdogs. We're glad that you guys have found us. We're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and then we'll get into this. Why don't you go ahead and start, Stephanie? Hi, I'm Stephanie Crawford and I will say I love film. I've always loved film since I was a little kid and grew up on it. I I always knew it was something I wanted to be a part of. You know, now I'm finally taking that chance, taking that risk to put myself out there. Finally starting to network and try to collaborate with other local filmmakers and you know for me I was kind of just thinking oh no I have to go to LA and go to that scary town and Hollywood and get rejected times a million and I thought I'd you know have to just move there to work in film but starting to realize hey the independent film you know this is the area for that in Portland so definitely a good start you know I like doing film editing and writing and voice acting now I'm really, you know, going headfirst into it and taking my chances and taking that risk to put myself out there and get experience. I'm Mitch McDonald. I've always done a lot of makeup work, usually mainly around Halloween. Um, I've done a little bit of cosplay stuff, but not much. Um, most of the stuff I've done has just been mainly on me or whoever is silly enough to let me do makeup on them and I can get my hands on. Uh, my motto for a long time was, well, you need to suffer for my art. I'm always uh, trying to find new ways of creating really interesting designs without a lot of education on it. Everything is self-taught and very practical. If I can't do it without uh, doing a lot of molding or anything like that, I haven't had the funds to do it. So I tend to build everything at the moment. And I want to get more into being able to uh, mold things out, uh, make things a little easier that way instead of using just strictly liquid latex and making it work. Um, what I want to do is uh, start getting to the point where my uh, makeup is on film. Uh, I want it to be seen by more people than just who I happen to bump into. Since I've always been interested in film, I want to start actually making films. Uh, I like doing makeup work for it, but I also like the creative side of coming up with a story, shooting the story, doing all the makeup, and just working it together so that you have, you start with nothing and you end up with short film or uh, feature length film eventually. So what Stephanie and I want to do is uh, we want to make some films together. Uh, short films are what we're going to start with, get our feet wet with that, get kind of uh, a good feel for what we need to do in order to get a film done and actually just start producing something rather than sit back and say, well, one day I want to make a film. One day I want to film something. I want to edit something. 
So instead of doing that, we're stepping out there. We're going to do it. And we're going to team up and uh, push each other into areas where we're uncomfortable, but where we really do need to go so that we can move forward as artists in our own little fields. Our little field for me, Stephanie wants to be the do-all. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just figuring it out, you know. I mean, for me, I mean, I've dabbled with film editing, you know, done little short uh, montages, you know, on YouTube and whatever, but... I really want to do something for real, you know, and have something produced, like you said. And collaborate, because uh, that's what uh, I learned I need to do. It just gets a little bit overwhelming trying to do something all by myself. But this is going to be good. It's going to give us a chance to really put ourselves out there and show the world our awesome filmmaking skills, you know. It gives us a way to put ourselves out there and show what we can do. And it also gives us a way to move forward and learn the things that we really have no clue about at this moment. Everyone's got to start somewhere, so we're starting right here and moving forward. And please do forgive the audio quality and uh, lack of broadcasting skills. This is our uh, first true podcast, so... You guys will be hearing us learn this process right along with learning how to make films. You guys get a front row seat. Yay, you're in the twister. So let's talk a little bit about some of the projects that we want to do. So we've got a couple projects in mind. We are uh, looking to do a couple of shorts first to get our feet wet. And then we're going to be moving on to at least two feature length. Uh, films that we have in mind and actually more shorts than that right now because Stephanie has a couple that she's looking to do as well. The ones that um, I have in mind are stories from my life, things I feel really need to be told and will be a interesting experience for the people watching the movie and it'll also be fun and interesting for us. Well I'm you know working on Music videos, basically, just to get a jump on things and edit, 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 and get experience with that. And, you know, I with the screenwriting, I'm still working on this one script that I was able to pull different things together, which, I don't know, I'm working on uh, writing this script for this one, uh, probably a short film for now that I have in the works, and we'll most likely have to get some people to come on board as you know acting and whatnot because it's more than like a one-man show i mean you know so see what happens with that is that the one from the woods yeah yeah that one will be fun to do of course i think they're all going to be fun i'm looking forward to the uh first short that we were talking about that one's going to be quite interesting okay so we've got those projects going on that we're uh, working towards but as of right now, neither one of us have done anything, truly anything more than just film school stuff for her and uh, stuff from when I was a junior in high school, which has been quite a while ago now. So, we came across a project recently called the 48-Hour Film Project. Yeah, it's in Portland. Place for indie films. <laughs> it's actually a national contest, not just here in Portland, but... All right, uh... So, the 48-hour film project, what's it about? Okay, so, you know, 48 hours, two days, it's straight through. 
So, you know, it's 7 p.m., right? The group leader is going to be given, like, a genre and what else again? Like, a prop or something? At 7 p.m., the director is given a uh, line that needs to be used in the movie, the genre that the movie is going to be, a character that needs to be in the movie, a prop, and then you have 48 hours to write a script, uh, edit the, uh, shoot the movie, edit the movie, and get it turned in. If you're late, even by one minute, it doesn't count. So you have to be on time with it. So it's always a fun experience. We haven't got to do it yet, but we've talked to quite a few people who have. So it'll be interesting to see the whole crazy world. And on our next episode, you will be able to hear about what happened with the film project. Um, we should be timed out just about right so that we'll have a little bit of time afterwards to recoup and get a episode in. It's going to be insane. It is going to be insane. Really? We've teamed up with a uh, group called Team Shiny Objects, and we will be, I'll be doing makeup and whatever else they need me to do, and I'll be doing whatever they want me to do, too, because I'm there to help in any way possible. Yeah, we're uh, pretty much going to be the everything people, because I doubt if they're going to need uh, major prosthetics for the <laughs> 48-hour film project. Don't really have that kind of time. But I'm hoping they at least get some minor stuff in there so that I can kind of show my skills off a little bit and have it seen on film by quite a few people. think it's going to be cool. Yeah. Get our names on something. Yeah. There are several groups. You can look on Facebook for 48-Hour Film Project, and that will lead you down the rabbit hole. There are Facebook groups for individual cities, and you'll be able to contact uh, a lot of people interested in doing a movie or a film for the project just by going there. You'll be able to meet up with a lot of local people. That's how we've met quite a few people here in the Portland area. It's going to be an interesting sleep schedule. I guess we're going to have designated nap times. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Derek's really into the nap times. He wants to make sure everyone has time to actually stop and recoup at least for half an hour, which of course is the uh, preferred amount of time that you sleep if you need to take a nap. You go any longer, you get into that uh, REM sleep, and you will wake up feeling like someone beat you with a bat rather than feeling refreshed. Yeah, I usually have the weirdest dreams with nap dreams, so I know what he's talking about. But then, that's where I get a lot of my ideas, so, hmm, sometimes it's a good idea to take long naps, just for script ideas. Well, the short film we're going to be doing is based on a dream that I had, so... Now, of course, this isn't the short film for the 48-hour project, but the other one's our personal film. That's going to be based off of something I dreamt, and that was wild. Yeah, like, I know Stephen King, like, a lot of writers, I mean, sure, it's a novelist, but, you know, he got a lot of his ideas from his nightmares and everything, and it's really a good place to get stuff, because it can be really weird stuff, man. Like, I've had the weirdest dreams. Oh, I don't even have to write them down, I remember them. Yikes. Yeah, some people can easily remember them, some people have to write them down. It kind of depends on the level of the dream that you have. I've had a lot that I remember to this day, and then 
There are a lot of them that were very interesting dreams and very intense in the moment, but if I hadn't written them down, I would not be able to remember them at all at this point. I guess sometimes for me it's like I just text some like a friend saying like, oh, this happened, and then there, it's written down, and then I kind of just copy-paste everything. This is what happened. Okay, so the 48-hour film project for Portland will take place July 31st. Uh, that's a Friday, and it goes till Sunday, August 2nd. So, if you're looking for either of us, well, good luck on that weekend. Because <laughs> we're going to be out doing it. Oh, um, not only on Facebook, but you can also look on YouTube. Type in 48-Hour Film Project. Uh, you'll be able to see a lot of films that have been done for the 48-Hour Film Project. Most of them are listed as for a particular city, so if you're looking for your own neck of the woods, you'll be able to uh, see films made right near where you're at. Um, And they're not too long. Most of the, well, the films have to be within four to seven minutes, and that includes the opening credits, I believe, or there's a... Um, restriction on the length of the opening credits. It's somewhere right in there, but it's a very interesting thing. And so, of course, I was looking up a local film uh, called Folded. It's about a national origami championship. And it was actually quite, uh, quite funny. You have Karate Kid-style movie based on origami. They did a very good job with that one. I quite enjoyed it. All that I'll say is that I hope our film includes either dinosaurs or cats with lasers coming out of their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Dinosaurs and cats with lasers. 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's totally doable. Totally. I'll just grab my cat from my house and be like, film this cat and add lasers. There Done. you go. And then have a dinosaur, or have the cat bigger than a dinosaur, or the same size as a dinosaur, and they fight, and lasers, and then it's a dinosaur, it's like, ah, and the cat's like, I have longer arms than you, I can kill you, and the dinosaur's like, I have no, uh, my arms. Must be a T-Rex. Oh yeah, T-Rex, <laughs> because there's other dinosaurs. <laughs> what goes in my mind is a dinosaur that's a T-Rex, because I have one. I mean, I don't own You have one. a T-Rex? Cool. <laughs> I mean, I a cat a... <laughs> and a T-Rex. Yeah. I don't know. I have one at, I mean, I have one at my desk at work. This little figurine, you know, T-Rex guy. It makes me happy. Check back on our next episode and you'll learn more about the 48-Hour Film Project. What happened. Um, how tired we are. You know, the usual. I definitely... Give it a listen, and we'll, uh, hopefully, not too long after the next episode, we might be able to give you guys a link to check the, uh, film out. So, we'll see what happens with that. So, something else we have going on over here in Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Whatever. Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone says it like that. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, so what we have going on over here in Portland, Oregon, is the Portland Film Festival. It's coming up in a couple months here in September. September 1st through the 7th, actually. And 
Seems like it's going to be really awesome. A lot of films being shown there from all the local filmmakers. And then on top of that, there'll be, you know, different classes and workshops and tours and networking. So it's going to be a big deal. Seems like it's going to be a good thing to go and uh, check out. You'll be able to meet a lot of the local filmmakers and actors, artists that are involved in it, makeup artists. So it's a good chance to network and get your name out there, let people know who you are. Uh, For more information, you can check them out on Facebook. They have a Facebook page, Portland Film Festival. Okay, so let's get into our movie review. This segment we like to call, Oh Man, Let's Talk About Films. We'll have to come up with a little catchy music for that. I still think of, like, did you ever watch In Living Color? Maybe not. Uh, that wasn't really my scene, but I saw it some. For me, it was mainly because of Jim Carrey, but that's the main reason why, anyways. Uh, oh, they had, like, two guys, like, Damon Wayans. Wait, Damon Wayans? Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It was that one dude, the other dude. Um, <laughs> I know his name, right? I just can't think of it right now. He was like on that Bonnie Hunt show, He's like, and he was in Return to Me. So, okay. what it makes you think of is uh, men on films, and it's like these two like gay guys, and they're like, uh, it's really stereotypical, whatever, more, you know, uh, flamboyant guys, and they're just like, we give that, uh, like, two snaps and around the world. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, two snaps and a kiss. And they like kiss his cheeks or something. It's pretty funny. Anyways. And the, okay, but the music, why I was thinking of the music is, uh, it's raining, man. Hallelujah. It's raining. And then it's man on film. Yeah. <laughs> man on film. Or in this case, oh man. Let's talk about film. Okay, so this week's edition of Oh Man, let's talk about film. It's going to be uh we're going to be talking about Sling Blade. This is a movie that unlike most of the world I have not seen up until now. So as we talk about this each week, we'll also give you the next movie that we're going to be watching. So if you guys want to join in the fun on it, you can go ahead and watch it and then you'll be able to listen in when we come back around. Okay, so Sling Blade. All right, so Stephanie's seen Sling Blade a couple of times. I haven't. Uh, this was one of those movies that, due to the nature of it and the subject, I always kind of shied away from just a little bit. For me, I just I saw it a little bit after it had come out, like on VHS or something back then. Wow, and that's wa- back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I watched I watched it with a friend and then watched it some more times and sure we made fun of like his voice and like it's kind of like the culture here you know everyone quotes it everyone knows the quotes even if they haven't seen the movie but I knew some of the quotes and I hadn't seen the movie so <laughs> but uh, you know I don't think we fully understood it but we did appreciate it I'll just say this. I don't think I fully, you know, understood it because of my younger age. 
but I did appreciate it. And, you know, when I went to go watch it again for doing the review here, I was able to, you know, grasp onto it more because of, you know, my maturity levels had gotten better and uh, seeing it for what it really truly is. Yeah, it's a very good film. I'm actually very glad that I saw it and kind of wish I would have seen it earlier because it's um, a very moving film. If you haven't seen it, well, welcome to my world. This was Billy Bob Thornton's uh, directorial debut. He had been in other films prior to this for about 10 years as an actor. And Slingblade was a play that Billy Bob had written. And uh, he had also made a short film that entailed just the first maybe 15 minutes of the movie. Half an hour of the movie, something like that, uh, prior to being let out of the um, institution. Uh, let's give a brief synopsis. Okay. We have Carl, and he's getting released from the mental institution. He uh, killed his mom and his lover. <laughs> his mom's lover, not his. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Next podcast, I'll get more sleep beforehand. Okay. Uh, so basically, yeah, Carl is being released, and he is, you know, finally going back out into the world after being institutionalized since he was, what, like... 12 years 12? old. Oh, okay. I believe it was 25 years that was supposed to have passed. Oh, man. So he had been in, his, in the uh, institution for the majority of his life by far. And he became a bit more educated, too, like... Learned how to read for the most part, and said he like studied the Bible and almost understands, you know, a good chunk of it. Understands most of it, not all of it. Um, he is mentally handicapped, so he he has a unique way of speaking, and it's kind of a slow, laid back uh, character. Uh, he's not doing anything quick. When he's released, he goes back to his hometown though not to his home, because his dad obviously, in his mind anyway, wouldn't want to have anything to do with him because he killed his mother. Yeah, then he meets Frank, this kid. He's about, what, like... Nine, nine, ten. ten. Somewhere in there, yeah. uh, It's pretty much like the day he arrives, right? And he's like, hey, just starts talking to him, and I don't know, they just become friends almost right off the bat. And Carl helped Frank haul some laundry back from the laundromat to his house and in the process they started talking and uh, Frank really liked the way that Carl spoke and so he got more and more interested in him and this kind of led into a friendship between the two of them and through a series of events Carl gets a job as a mechanic for small engines uh lawnmowers, things like that at a repair shop, and he has a knack for it. He can really do a good job of rebuilding things. So even in a um, handicapped state, he still has the thing that he can give to other people, and he can feel like he's being uh, productive in society. And uh, eventually here, Frank... Um, talks to his mom, Linda, like about Carl, and you know, she pretty much invites him to stay with them in their garage and kind of like part of the family in a way. But staying with them comes with a price. Linda's Doyle. boyfriend 
crazy, alcoholic, abusive, everything terrible, and a person prejudiced. So that's where we'll leave off as far as plot. That way, if anyone hasn't seen it, we don't spoil anything. What did you think of the movie overall? Well, it was very moving. It was... There were some comedic moments here and there, but it, uh... It made its points, exposed you to how bad it can get in an abusive relationship, basically. That part of the movie actually really spoke to me, and a lot of it really rang true. It seemed uh, it seemed very legitimate. It was um, pretty on the nose with parts of it. Uh, what was your favorite part of the movie? That's hard. Well, there were a few parts, I guess. I mean, I did enjoy the whole part with... Doyle and his band, how his bandmates were all not like Doyle and actually gave a darn about the world <laughs> and uh, and about people, you know, and they seem like they're friendly and I don't know why though my favorite, like, it's not my favorite moment, but it stands out to me is when the Doyle and his band are playing their terrible music. Ding, 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 that's like been in I've known that since childhood well basically that um, Linda Vaughn, Frank and Carl were pretty much just trapped having to watch this nonsense and just having to sit out there in lawn chairs in the middle of the night I guess watching the band practice and ugh it was very uncomfortable to watch. I mean, slightly. It was just, yeah, that part was interesting. Well, one thing I liked about that also is uh, Doyle's bandmates were, including Doyle, actually, are all um, very accomplished musicians. They're actually having to play down for the movie because they're all quite decent musicians. I think my favorite part, I like the overall um, relationship between Carl and uh, Frank. I thought that they had a very interesting relationship, and Carl opens up about things to Frank that you wouldn't expect. And it takes the movie in a kind of dark direction for a while, but it was very interesting at the same time. And while it was dark... I don't think the darkness lasted an excessive amount of time, so it kind of moved out of that. It got back to being a little more easy to watch, because there were a few very dark moments in that movie. Yeah. I know there was that whole part that it just, it was, you know, made me question things a bit with maybe what time period it was. I don't know why Linda was so accepting to have this man, uh, well mentally disabled man who just was released from a mental institution without <sighs> knowing why he was in there yeah letting him stay in their garage and be friends with her son her young son like uh, okay very accepting that aspect of the movie i don't think would play as well now i think people would be questioning it and going well what's actually going on and it's just a difference in time and a difference in the way we think now no i guess we can't no i mean okay. those were like those that whole thing was my like i liked a lot with his goodbyes yeah i i thought the end was um they showed a lot of uh 
um, growth in Carl from the time he committed the murders till the end of the movie. Things had changed enough in his mind that he knew that what he had done was wrong. And when faced with that situation, he had more information to go off of and... Yeah, he made different decisions and more intelligent decisions than what he had when he was uh, 12 years old. Well, yeah, when he was, like, a kid, he explained how he would... He was sleeping in a shed on dirt ground with, like, this shallow hole or whatever, like, for his bed. And he said that most of the time he'd just stare at the wall. And it's just like, oh, my God, like... His parents did not care one bit about him. You know, it's almost like the institution helped him, you know, because... Well, he said that he slept better in the institution because he got a bed, a nice bed, for years. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how he would have gotten out of a situation if he didn't commit, you know, murder. I don't know. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it, but he was pretty much in a bad way, and that was the only ticket out, and I don't think that's why he did it, but he uh, got out one way or the other. Uh, Was there anything about the movie that didn't work for you? I mean, I guess kind of the... I'm trying to set him up with another... Like, a woman who was also mentally handicapped. It was kind of, like, in your face of, like, the... I mean, you kind of mentioned it, too, that's... That like, oh, this is, uh, you're mentally handicapped, so that's the only kind of person you're going to be interested in. Yeah, it felt very, uh, forced, and I hate to say it, but a little offensive that that was the only love interest that they, um, showed. Which, you know, they got along fine, and, uh, they had fun together for what little time they were together in the movie, but I was kind of glad they didn't push that aspect of it. That subplot of the story, I'm glad they didn't push that too far because it it felt like it was pushing, kind of trying to force a situation that really didn't need to be forced. Well, I thought it was more, I mean, I thought it was fine to have in the movie. It was kind of just showing how Linda and I think maybe Vaughn, because she worked with them, how they were just trying to take another step into being friends with him and just trying to show they care and they you know they didn't mean any harm in it they i mean they could be a little uh you know stereotypical there and not know any better and just thinking this is you know helping though you know that this is how it's going to be that these are going to be this is going to be a match you know because of their um handicap yeah yeah so it's mainly showing what kind of characters, what kind of people they are for setting him up with someone like that. Just a little added part. I think one of the things that took me out of the film is there were a few scenes where the lighting kind of changed. The lighting wasn't always consistent. They would go from outside, it'd be daytime, and then it felt like it's nighttime when you get inside of the house and the lighting kind of shifted in a couple of scenes where it really didn't need to and so it kind of took me out with the lighting thing going on I'm not sure what that was all about but 
overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was uh, very well put together. I think they did a good job of keeping it, um, the language in the movie, because it was set in the South. The language felt like it was true to the, um, felt like it was true to the language that he should know. There were a couple of scenes where I thought he used words that were outside of his vocabulary, but if he, I can't remember the actual words that he used, but there were two different times he used big words, and they felt like they were outside of it. But he did carry around books. He had read the Bible. Um, He was obviously into... Um, trying to make himself as smart as he could. So, you know, there's the chance that he picked up some bigger words and they stuck. So that was, it felt odd to me at the moment, but, you know, it's one of those things that shows that he's actually trying to learn uh, beyond, he's not letting it just stop him because he's handicapped, which I like that, I like that part of the story. Well, one thing... When you were talking about the lighting, I mean, I didn't really think about it when I was watching it, but when you mentioned that it just was darker in the house, well, maybe it was just the mood that it is darker in the house because Doyle's there and it's all full of sadness and anger and, you know, abuse, (laughs) whatever. Yeah, that very well could be. It may have been a very intentional thing, um... I know there was one specific scene where the lighting changed within the scene and it was it was enough that I noticed it it went from being one brightness to like two notches up from it and there was no reason for it there was nothing that changed in the scene other than all of a sudden oh wait it's a little brighter so that was a little odd but that's just my personal thing that I noticed. And other than that, I thought they did a exceptional job with the story that they were telling. And it really draws you into it. And you are there. You don't get taken out of the movie very often. And probably if you weren't looking at it as a film and actually interested in that point, you probably would not even notice. You know? Well, you didn't, but... (laughs) Yeah. One to ten, what would you rate that one? Uh, I would say maybe a nine. Because it still holds up. There are parts of it that are like, oh, this is totally 90s. With the shaky cam. When they're in a, you know, wide shot of him on the bridge. It's like pretty shaky for a little bit there. And then it clears up. I guess they probably cut to a different... Like the same shot, but just you know, it wasn't shaky, and I'm like, okay, technology's changed, but uh, yeah, it still holds up. And I'd say it definitely still holds up. I would give it a good solid, probably eight to nine, somewhere right in there. I really liked it. It's definitely one that I'll have to get and put on my DVD shelf because I'm still one of those people. I want the physical copy. Yeah. I do the download thing, but I want the physical copy. I like it. It's uh, There's something about having that in your hands rather than 
something that you can't hold on to, you can't touch. So, not to mention you get all the cool DVD extras with it or Blu-ray extras with it that you don't get when you download a movie. So, you know, if you're into film, definitely go out, get the DVDs, get the Blu-rays on them. Watch those extras. Listen to, listen to the uh, director's cut. It will definitely uh, give you a lot of inside information that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, commentary is always awesome. Like, I it'd be cool to rent Sling Blade and maybe there's commentary on there. And... Yeah. Okay, so our next movie is going to be a newer movie. Uh, it's up on Netflix right now. It's called Frank. It's about an eclectic uh, British band, the leader of which always wears around a giant papier-mâché mascot head that looks like a person's face. He never takes it off through the whole movie. Um, it's basically a movie about a upcoming person who wants to get into a band, and he... Ends up through a series of odd events, uh, joining them for a night, and next thing you know, he's part of the band. And it's their journey of where it goes from there. So, if you guys want to um, go watch that on Netflix, go ahead, and on our next episode, we will talk about Frank. So, that gets to about the end of this episode of um, Film Underdogs. This is our first episode. I think it went fairly well. Didn't go off the rails too bad. Yeah. As I said, next time I'll have more sleep in me. Be more awake. That would be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. We're going to be, again, doing the 48-hour film project between now and the next episode. So you guys will be able to um, hear our adventures and find out how the uh, film project went. One exciting thing about it that I had forgotten to mention earlier is that top two movies, uh, top ten movies in the nation go to the Filmpalooza Film Festival. And then the top one movie or two movies, I can't remember, but uh, the top one or two go to the Cannes Film Festival after that. So you have that incredible uh, opportunity to potentially have your movie seen by millions of people, which is really seriously cool. So we are definitely looking forward to that, but at this point I'll just be happy to get the movie made and have it in on time. So we'll definitely let you guys know what's going on with that when we uh, get the next episode up. It should be on Tuesday, August 11th. Uh, All of our podcast will go up on Tuesday, hopefully Tuesday morning. Uh, We're going to have to work on that a little bit to make sure we got everything in place, but it should be Tuesday morning. Uh, August 11th will be the next uh, episode. With that, I think we're just about done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I hope you keep on listening, listeners. And as always, keep following us on Twitter at Film Underdogs and Facebook with Film Underdogs. Yay! Come find us on iTunes or Stitcher. 
And until next time, remember to always follow your dreams. Stay inspired. Like even.